Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe this generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this? About himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. You know, I love this story because there's so many things to unpack out of this story. There's many different reasons. One of the reasons is this, okay? So Philip, if you read prior to this part in Acts chapter 8, he's having a successful campaign, preaching the gospel. He's in Samaria, and there's tons of people. I mean, thousands of people, they're coming to Jesus. They're getting healed. There's signs and wonders. It's the type of place where you're like, I'm going to stay here for a while. How many of you know Reinhard Bonnke and Christ for All Nations? He's been, I mean, he, he goes to different parts of Africa, but he camps a lot in Nigeria. Because there's a special move of the Spirit of God happening there where millions will come to a, a, a gospel crusade. And so they set up in one part of Nigeria to another part of Nigeria, right? They're staying there because God's doing stuff. And just like that, Philip's in Samaria and all these people, all this good stuff is happening and all of a sudden the Spirit says, go to a desert place. It's like, what? Why would I do that? Look at the success here. God, you're doing amazing things. You want me to go to a desert for one person? It sounds like a demotion. What's going on? But he obeys the Spirit. And I love that because, you see, here's the thing about God. It doesn't matter if you're preaching to a thousand people. It doesn't matter if you're preaching to a million people or one person. It's all the same. What God's going to do. God uses us to bring about His power through the proclamation of the gospel, whether it's to one person or 10,000. doesn't matter. Right? And I love that about this story, that it shows it's like God is after the one, not just the 10,000. He's after one. And Jesus went through all that he went through. He was beaten, brutally tortured, nailed to a cross, placed in a tomb that wasn't his, died, rose again to get to you. He went through all that to get to you. And so God is willing to pluck Philip out of this successful campaign to get to one person. How amazing is that? It shows the heart of God, right? It's amazing. Another reason why I love this story is because it shows the leading of the Spirit. Again, Philip's preaching and the Holy Spirit nudges him. And he goes to the desert place and he's like, what am, what am I doing here? Could you imagine? He's like, I'm in... I'm in the middle of nowhere here. And then he sees this chariot and the Holy Spirit says, go to the chariot. And you know what? I would imagine 
what Philip experienced is not much different from what probably you and I experience from time to time when we are walking with the Lord. When God, maybe this has happened to you, when God just gives you this unction, pray for this person. Or go up to that person and tell them, I love them. Has that ever happened to you? I believe that was what Philip, that's what happened with Philip. It wasn't this audible, Philip, go to the chariot. I believe it was this inner unction and he followed it and it led to the chariot. And it's like, man, we can relate with that. It's happened and it's right there in the Bible. Isn't that amazing? That's, that's what being led by the Spirit is all about. It shows us right there. Philip was led by the Spirit. But, you know, but the main reason why I love this story, really, it's so powerful, is because of the Ethiopian eunuch himself. You see, the Bible says that the eunuch was a high official in the court of the queen of Ethiopia. He was in charge of the treasury, and that's a high calling. And um, it's interesting because here's another one of those snapshots. It's said that the Ethiopian eunuch was in Jerusalem to worship. Why would he, why would he be doing that? He's Ethiopian. Yahweh is the God of the Hebrew people. What's the deal? Well, in those days, people who were not Jewish, if they came and they said, you know, I, I believe in one God. I'm tired of the 10 million gods. I'm tired of the idols. I believe in one God. And, and, and I want to be a part of your faith. So if they wanted to convert to Judaism, they would get circumcised. And that was the, the right to become a, a Jew. So if they did that, they would be called a proselyte. Okay? Now, if somebody, such as the Ethiopian or whoever, that's non-Jewish, came and they're like, yeah, I want to I worship Yahweh, but I just, I'm not ready to get the snip, okay? I'm not ready to go that far. Well, they would call them God-fearers, okay? So they were still allowed to come and worship. They're just not, you know, proselytes. They didn't, whoosh, they didn't do that. So, um, the Ethiopian eunuch, it's not clear exactly what he was. He may have been a proselyte. He may have been a God-fearer. But this is what he definitely was. He was seeking after God. He was there from Ethiopia because he knew there was something about this God of the Hebrew people that he wanted to know more about. And he was hungry. He was seeking. He was reading the scriptures. And God says, I see that. And now I'm going to send somebody to you. And so Philip comes. And then, I mean, we read the story. He leads him. And now I wish it went into more detail because it just says that Philip preached the good news of Jesus and then it kind of goes on to the next part and I'm like, what was that like? I wonder what the eunuch did, you know? His eyes probably were like glowing. Yes, this is true. Jesus is the Son of God and he died for my sin? Oh man, I believe, I believe. I could just imagine how excited he would have been. I mean, we were when we experienced the forgiveness of God, of what he did for us, what dying on the cross for our sin, we become so undone by that. I would have imagined the, the Ethiopian eunuch would have been like that. You know? But it does show that there's something powerful must have happened in the, in the eunuch because he's like, hey, there's water. What's preventing me from getting baptized? Let's do this. Now, baptism in the early church, okay, was not a new concept. It wasn't like this thing that the early church made up and said, hey, we're going we're gonna to baptize people. 
It wasn't a new thing. The Jewish people did stuff like this. They had ritual washings. They washed their hands. They washed their feet, their head. They had dunkings, uh, ritual immersions, uh, baths. They did this. It was a part of their religious uh, functions, what they did. And so the immersion-type washings or baptism was to symbolize cleansing of impurity. And, you know, that's exactly, that's specifically what the Christian understanding of baptism is, like what it shows Jesus has done. The Bible says, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of our unrighteousness, right? The Bible talks about that. And so baptism is a sign, a symbol saying that this has happened in Christ. When I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, when I said yes to Jesus and received the Holy Spirit, we've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. And baptism is that symbol saying that this has taken place. Baptism was also symbolizing a dying a dying to an old way of life and rising to a new kind of life. It symbolizes joining with Christ in his death and burial. And when we come up out of the water, it symbolizes rising to new life. And this was the case for the Ethiopian eunuch. His life was never the same again. And church tradition shows that the Ethiopian eunuch went back to his home country and preach the gospel. And that's how the gospel reached Africa. Church tradition tells it that way. 